Lord, I want to thank you for heaven. I want to thank you for the spiritual father, Father God, that we have in our home today. Lord, I pray that you'll be with him and that you'll bless him. And every word that he speaks, Father, that will be directly from you, Father. Lord, I pray that will, you'll open up our hearts to receive your word. And where the things may be difficult, that you'll give heaven clarity and wisdom in the words that he's using. I ask you this in your mighty name. Amen. Thank you, Kevin. Thanks, Jill. So, um, so that was a very sweet time of, time of corporate worship. At the same time, very powerful. I'm very thankful because I saw God really working in, in so many hearts, even, even in my own heart, although I didn't come forward as a, as a response to the, to the call to come forward. But I, I sensed God really working in my heart in the, in the time of, of worship. And this is exactly why we facilitate worship like we do in this house. Um, Particularly when, when there are words that are going to be spoken um, as they are going to be spoken just now. Because I, I prepared a very sweet and uh, typical church um, pastoral message for today uh, in line with Mother's Day. I had it all sorted out. I wrote it a week and a half ago already. And uh, I thought, you know, I, I, did, I, did, I did my due diligence in, in, in preparing that. And, um, and then this week, the Lord spoke completely differently to me and kept me awake for two nights um, with a prophetic word for tonight specifically for you, but also for the church um, and, and probably beyond these walls, but, walls, but you happen to be uh, witnesses tonight. So uh, it's up to you to prayerfully consider to carry these words further into your circles of friends and family and colleagues at business and in schools. Um, and so uh, that, that never really is not very comfortable for, for any preacher. Um, but then what happened this morning is that that exact word that I got, God gave to somebody else in the congregation and was shared through the ministry mic around Deborah anointing. Now, how many of you have heard any words of the last, I don't know how many decades, around Deborah anointing? Um, spoken, it's never, I've never heard it being preached in this church in the last 15 years. Um, I never really had the urge to do anything with it. Um, <laughs> um, because I'm not a woman and usually these things align with, you know, with, with, with women preachers and anointed uh, prophets in that sense. So it was a strange word for me, it came out of nowhere. Um, and then this morning, uh, Debbie Retrieve got up and whispered in my ear, I've got a word for a congregation around Deborah anointing, I would like to share it this morning. And I know it's a bit weird maybe, but I've been walking around with it in my heart for the last three months. And it shook me literally. I, like, I, was, like, I was hit by the anointing just by that announcement when she whispered it into my ear. I said, like, yeah, please do, even if it's just to encourage me because I'm preaching on it tonight. So I'm extremely excited to deliver this word, and now I'm I feel very comfortable because I know it's from God's heart. When things like that happen, then you can rest assured that it's not me um, doing something funky or funny or off. So it's a prophetic word, which means it's revelatory ministry. So I have to warn you, um, it's not like a pastoral kind of sermon or message. Um, I'm not going to, uh, I don't do expository preaching uh, today, which means I'm, I'm not going to give you meaning out of scripture and um, put it onto a PowerPoint or rather rely on the Holy Spirit today to do a point of power if that's okay with you. Um, I'm, I'm also not going to do exegesis kind of preaching, which means um, to, to dig out um, 
every word out of the scripture and go to the Greek and the Hebrew and the Aramaic and all kinds of other things and put that on a PowerPoint. I'm really going to try and stick to what God told me to share with you tonight. And there's always the option after the service to come to the front and get prayer because you're totally confused. Because <laughs> a, a large percentage after prophetic sharing usually goes like, fascinating stuff. I need prayer now. <laughs> That's okay. Um, my wife will pray for you. Uh, so, so I'm really trying, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to dig out scriptural truth tonight. And I want to start a revolution in the spirit. Not me, but God. The last month or so, this word revolution has popped up everywhere in almost every meeting I've been in in this building. And believe me, I'm in many meetings. It's not a revival because we're not dead. You only need a revival when you're dead. We don't need a revival. We don't need to be revived. But there needs to be a new kind of God revolution in this nation. And I'll get to that. So this is not a cute little message. It's not a little Christian thing. It's, it is a Mother's Day message. And regularly, just, just to remind you and honor the moms in the house, I will just say in between sentences, Happy Mother's Day. I promise. I even wrote it down to remind myself to say that. So, yeah, just, you know, so that nobody can write emails about that, at least. Uh, I, I just want to say, you know, first of all, when it comes to women, Happy Mother's Day, by the way, is... Um, <laughs> That uh, women are literally wombed men, wombed men, womb men, wombed men. And so when I speak about women today, when I speak about Deborah anointing later, and it's not about gender, because in the spiritual realm, there's no difference between a man and a woman. Is that okay with you? Or did you think in the spiritual realm, it really matters? Hello? Any, anybody there? You can, you can confess, it's fine. <laughs> There's no scriptural evidence for this, that the glorified body will be in the same gender when we get to heaven, or we think like women and we think like men. We will be so glorified in heaven that in, our spirits are genderless. Is, are we okay? I need to know, otherwise I, I, you know, I can't go any further. I'll go, go back to my old message, the, the cute, bushy-bushy Mother's Day one. That goes about. That is about Solomon, King Solomon and kings, uh, and just you know the baby and the chopping in half, and then see who the real mother is, and then preach about that, and everybody happy, and we go home in, in 15 minutes. It's okay. We're all okay in the spiritual realm. Genderless, not gender fluid. Genderless. Let me be clear. In the spiritual realm, when we're seated in heavenly places, the souls. They, they left behind the body, is renewed and glorified body. And we don't know how it's going to look like. I don't want to know. I'll see it when I get there. For now, I just need to, love, love, need to learn how to love my own body as is, including my hair style. <laughs> so I really pray that you would open your spiritual ears and your spiritual eyes. I really pray today you would hear what the Spirit has to say to this congregation, to this church. Um, and women are extremely important in the Bible. Happy Mother's Day, by the way. Because, um, you know, if you look at Jesus' burial, for instance, it was a woman who prepared him for the burial, who anointed the body, who made sure everything was prepared and everything was there. And where were the men? They were all hiding. The disciples were kind of fearing for their own lives. And there were women that, take, that took risks by, by getting involved. And, um, but there's also places in the Bible where there's complacency around women. And, and this 
God seems to, to, to find it necessary to speak to the prophets in the Old Testament about. Because there's a danger of the advancement of the kingdom when the women become complacent. And I will, imp- and I will unpack that. Uh, let's go to Isaiah 32, verse 9, and up until 15, but we'll only read a couple of verses, so I'll just give you time to look it up, because I decided to go without the screen, uh, so, we, so we're not staring o- over my head, but we can actually just look in our own Bibles, our own software, and, um, and also make notes accordingly. So Isaiah 32, verse 9. So it starts as follows, and this is in line with my theme of this sermon, which is women get up, men be ready for God's glory on display, but the most important part is women get up. And here we start in Isaiah 32 and it says, rise up you women who are at ease, hear my voice you complacent daughters, give ear to my speech. And then let's skip a few verses and we go to verse 15. And in the in-between verses just give you the reasons why um, and what is going on in the country. And then verse 15 is important. It says, until the Spirit is poured out upon us from on high and the wilderness becomes a fruitful field. And the fruitful field is counted as a forest. So there's progression of blessing there. So the women are commanded to rise up. And hear God's voice and give ear to God's speech until the Spirit is poured out. So you push in, you start with God, and you wait for the Spirit to be poured out. So that's the command of the Lord there. And that has never stopped. It has never been, this scripture has never been, you know, by God Himself been dissed or been uh, somehow been deleted or uh, spoken against because God can't speak against Himself. So this still goes for today. So I want to pray also that as you listen under the breath of my voice, that, 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 that God will stir something up in you. And that's why I was so happy with the song choices today as well. I don't tell these guys what to sing. They don't tell me what to preach. They hear from God, I hear from God. And then I discover that all these songs are about get up, wake up, awaken. The whole awakening was all over the song list. And it's exactly what God said to me. Tell, tell my daughters to get in the game. To fulfill your destiny. Until the Holy Spirit is poured out on you. Until you know that you know that you are led by the Spirit. Not just filled by the Spirit. But some of you need to take that step as well first. The indwelling of the Spirit is once off. But then you need to be filled daily. And in order to do that, we need to attack complacency and apathy. And comfort zones at times. And... Um, so it, we don't know exactly why we have these complacent women at ease in Zion, in, in, um, in Isaiah 32. Um, but it may be that maybe the men have, you know, failed, failed to get up. Maybe, as, maybe, that, maybe that the women have not warned the men to activate the men or to get up and to do something about the situation in the land. Um, because that's one of, the, one of the roles that women need to play. Um, so he, 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 
the Lord through Isaiah is trying to influence the women to get the husbands to actually to get up. And in order to do that, they need to be wide awake and they need to be propelled into action. So, and these women that Isaiah addresses, they are high society types, actually. They're very influential, but for some reason they got into a comfort zone. They're just like, oh, everything is kind of going okay. We, you know, we might go to church, if they had one back then. Um, we're all okay, the family is kind of okay, and, you know, when I, when I you know, they're, they're basically waiting for a disaster to happen in, in order to then only, out of desperation, start praying. And, and maybe some of you sitting here have also displayed that kind of pattern with the Lord. That you, you know, that you just kind of, kind of, kind of plod along spiritually in spiritual life until there's a real reason to pray, until there's a real reason to get up. But I'm telling you today, you will miss out on half the blessing. And not only that, it influences your family if you have one, it influences your husband if you have one. And if you don't have a husband yet, it will not make you more attractive. Amen, brother. There's a confirmation of one man in the house, at least, that dares to admit that. Complacent women, are they very attractive? Complacent, godly women? You can be godly and, so, and even Christian, but if you are apathetic and you don't seem to be pushing in by the Spirit, yes, yeah, yeah, Richie is going, yeah, 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 yeah. So obviously we need, we you need to wait for the outpouring of the spirits because that's where the attraction comes from because that's radical transformation and that's always attractive to anyone not just to women and by the way happy mother's day it says here on my it's also with john the baptist it says in the scriptures for he will he will be great in the sight of the lord and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink he will also be filled with the holy spirit even from his mother's womb from the, from the day he was born, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. It's not fair. <laughs> he didn't have, to, didn't have to do anything, uh, particularly to die to anything to, in order to re- acquire that. Stephen, but he, being full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Zechariah, Bezalel, I can go on and on and on. Even Jesus himself, at the age of 30, receiving the Holy Spirit, and being empowered to do the work of the Lord and the signs and the wonders and the miracles. So the way we need to bring forth, superimpose the kingdom of God in this world is through praying and fasting and intercession and being wide awake. That's why we have, there's not a, it's not a coincidence that the last five years, most of the songs that are being written by, by worship leaders all over the world are around awakening around being alive, coming alive to God. Sometimes it's a plea, sometimes it's a lament, sometimes it's a cry, sometimes it's high. I have no idea why this is going. And sometimes it's a cry, sometimes it's a celebration. But the, most of the songs that we, that we sing in churches nowadays are about be wide awake. You need to read the signs. There's a reason for that. It's because God is giving songs to people like he gave a song to Deborah. We'll talk about it just now in Judges Chapter 5, she starts singing the song of the Lord. And those songs are signs. You need to listen nicely when you see the songs on the, on the screens. Look and listen for the signs of God. When songwriters pick these things up, those are the prophets. You can't be a worship leader and not be prophetic. 
we pick up the songs from heaven and we give them to our congregations as worshippers. And the songs seem to have one theme, and that is around the awakening. The awakening, the awakening, the awakening, and particularly in South Africa. So, so until, until we see some of the stats change around our families, the mothers are employed to pray. The women are employed to pray and to activate the men. And of course, also the other way around. But there is a biblical traditional role in the spiritual realm specifically designed for women. Because our stats are not so happy in South Africa. If I look at statistics like 39% of all children in families in South Africa are raised by a single mother. There's no father there in that household. 5% are raised by dads only. And only 33% of all families in South Africa, the children are raised by a mom and a dad. You see, until those problems go away, until we see breakthrough in the family, until we see healing and restoration, and we celebrate the new stats influenced by the body of Christ, the bride of Christ, the followers of Christ, praying and interceding until the outpouring of the Spirit comes. We will not see those things change because then the systems of the world will, will continue to overshadow, although we have the victory. That's why we cannot be complacent, none of us, male or female. So God is not a God of past revivals. I just want to say that to some of you who love to quote past revivals. We are living in a time here where you don't have a cooking clue who sits next to you. Look at the person next to you. How well do you know these people? What, do you know the power that is hosted by God in those bodies next to you? We say we are a family, but a family who is not an army is not going to gain any ground. It's not going to take anything back that the enemy has stolen. As a family, you can't do that. You need to know each other so well in the front line that you can move as an army while being brothers and sisters all at the same time, while being the bride of Christ. That's why we have so many definitions for church in the Bible, not just one, thank God. If we would just be a family, it would all be like, ooh. If it would just be an army, we would just, ah, 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 ah. yo, if we would just be a bride of Christ, all the men would be confused. <laughs> so, you know, praise the Lord for the Bible that gives us many different... But all these things talk to each other. We can't just be one or the other. But I'm telling you, the person sitting next to you might as well start the revolution. As anything that is dead comes alive again. Don't wait for leaders with a microphone or for... I don't know what you're waiting for, but don't wait. Is this your church? It's your... It's God's kingdom, it's your church. Take, take up your mantle. Judges 5, 1 to 11. So all of this brings me to the key text and the key scripture for tonight. Judges 5, 1 to 11. This is a declaration of a new season that we're doing in Hatfields, beginning of this year already. Be ready for God's glory on display. If you're not ready, you'll be like one of those virgins with no lamp oil. You're going to be in trouble, I'm telling you. God's mean, God means business. You're not playing games anymore in the kingdom. And here in Judges 5, you find a new season where God raises up a matriarch. It's a matriarch mantle. 
it's a mantle and a mandate of a woman that sets aflame the patriarchs, that leads an entire nation into deliverance. So how, how would you like that for South Africa? Or are we going to wait for the next elections for that to happen? Or is the, chi is the church finally going to stand up and take, take that authority? I'm glad that some of you are excited about that. Yeah. Or we can just continue to play church. Come to church, sing a few songs every Sunday, and uh, have a wonderful time. Complain about the song choice, or maybe the sermon, or why there are announcements. And we can do that as well. But I strongly suggest we take God's words a little bit more serious in this season because I don't want to be standing there without any oil in my lamp when Jesus comes, comes and wants to take the bride and take the land back and tap into the full blessing. So it's a new season for your family and for this house. And the key is for the women to birth. You are the birthers. You are also prophetically in the spirit. You have a womb. And in the spiritual realm, this is how God has used women throughout the Bible. There's no time tonight to, to explain all of, the, all of the meetings um, and encounters with women and God in the Bible. They have not just birthed children. They have birthed and delivered complete nations and birthed security and protection for the lineage of Jesus to be protected and etc etc so here we read the following on that day Deborah and Barak son of uh, Abinoam sang this song praise ye the Lord for the avenging of Israel so I'm going to say praise ye the Lord for the avenging of Hetfield Christian Church praise ye the Lord for the avenging of Pretoria for South Africa praise ye the Lord for the avenging of Gerben and fill in your own name praise Ye the Lord. When, when a Deborah stands up, when a prophetess stands up and starts shouting, praise ye the Lord, it becomes corporate and personal. It becomes macro and micro. Prophecies of that caliber in the Bible are not just for one or two people or not just for one nation. It's for every single follower of Christ, prophetically. And it says, for the avenging of Israel, when the people willingly offered themselves. And that's what you did in the first half of this service. Listen, you kings, pay attention, you mighty rulers, for I will sing to the Lord. I will make music to the Lord, the God of Pretoria. Lord, that's my Bible translation, says that. Lord, when you set out from Seir and marched across the fields of Edom, the earth trembled and the cloudy skies poured down rain. The mountains quaked in the presence of the Lord, the God of Mount Sinai, Sinai in English. In the presence of the Lord, the God of Israel. In the days of Shamgar, son of Anath, and in the days of Jael, people avoided the main roads and travelers stayed on windy pathways. So in those days, apparently... Those kings, those rulers, it was too, too scary to actually even walk on the main roads. Because of rebellion, people were afraid to cross the roads and, and, and walk alongside the streets. Does it sound familiar? Where we live today? Do you have full freedom to cross the roads, walk alongside the streets of Pretoria? So we partly still live in those kinds of days. We are not free. Jesus is not in our streets everywhere. That, that freedom, we have not obtained that freedom. So don't think this is Old Testament and just because of the evil that was done in Israel, the nation of Israel, 
don't think that the devil has been sitting still and do nothing in Pretoria. We need to come against these things and we need people to rise up. There are few people left in the villages of Israel until Deborah or until Gerben or until Darlene, until Richie, until Mika arose in the spirit as a mother for Pretoria. When Israel chose new gods, war erupted at the city gates, yet not a shield or spear could be seen among 40,000 warriors in Pretoria. My heart is with the commanders of Israel, with those who volunteered for war. Praise the Lord. Consider this. You who ride on fine donkeys. The old translation says asses. You, will, you who sit on fancy saddle blankets. It's true. It's true. And you who walk along the road. Listen to the village musicians gathered at the watering holes. They recount the righteous victories of the Lord and the victories of his villagers in Israel. Listen to the village musicians, to the songwriters all over the world that, tell, that are telling you in almost every song, be awake, get ready, get ready, be awake, equip yourselves. Don't just passively sit there, be complacent. Don't be comfortable. Get out of your comfort zones. Listen to the village musicians gathered at the watering holes. They recount the righteous victories of the Lord and the victories of, the, of his villagers in Israel. Then the people of the Lord march down to the city gates. So we mean business. We are, we are not, you are not here to fit in. You're here to stick out and to take over. So you need to get up, woman of God. This is Deborah. This is the fourth prophetess. This is the first woman after the death of Joshua. You've got three judges in the book of Judges. You've got the book of Joshua in the Bible. Then the book of Judges. The first three are men. And it, and it failed miserably. Those first three couldn't get it right. Well, you had 80 years of peace after the first one. Then God actually gave them a king from Moab, Moabite, to rule and reign. It was 20, 20 years of misery. Then the, with the third judge... You had another couple of decades of peace. And every time the Bible says, and, they, and the people did evil again. And they cried out to God. And God delivered them by giving them this king. And then that king. And the names become more unpronounceable as we go. <laughs> For that we do need PowerPoint. You can look up the spelling. But it's not important today who they were. The issue is, God was raising up men. And until Deborah arose... The villagers did nothing. And the villagers here is symbolic for the soldiers. The villagers stood for the men who were in those villages and they just waited. On what? They waited for a woman to get up, a prayer warrior, and to prophetically declare. So, thank God for Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. And for all the gifts. And, but there are spiritual gifts that need to be given out right now. I believe. When God spoke to Eve, it was also meant for all women in Genesis 3.16. He prophetically spoke to all women when it comes to laboring in pain, which means in sorrow. It means that there is a laboring needed and a spiritual birthing. And we had a prophetic word from Pastor Gideon a couple of weeks ago on Sunday actually around this birthing. And um, that there was a birthing that needs to come forth out of Hedgeville Christian Church. And so when I was preparing this, I was reminded of this again. Um, and it's not, just, it's not just a woman thing, because even Paul said, I travailed in prayer, travailed, I labored, I had pain for you, I had a burden for you. I pushed through until Christ is formed in you. 
So this principle is also for men. It's not just the woman. But you should be drawing from that well, from a well of life. It's so important. I wouldn't have had a spiritual mother in my life. I would have never been the man today that I, that I am. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't know about life in the spirit. I wouldn't know how to grab the horns of the altar of God. I wouldn't know how to pray through stuff. I wouldn't know how to war in the spirit. I wouldn't know how to intercede for people. I wouldn't know how to prophesy. I wouldn't know that my talent and my time belongs to the Lord. I would not have known any of these things if a, if a woman wouldn't have grabbed me uh, 17 years ago and just with index finger and the love of Christ both held me accountable for every single thing I did for, for many, many weeks and months on the road uh, while evangelizing and being in traveling ministry. And I, I would have never understood the revelation of worship if a woman, an old Tani from the States, would have not come to me in the middle of a conference live on God Channel while the camera was on me before the service. We were praying in a charismatic circle as you do. And this woman walks up to me and doesn't even know me from a bar of soap and just goes like, you have played Shout to the Lord, the song, one, one too many times and you've never shouted to the Lord. And don't be your Pharisee, by the way. Thank you, mom. Who do you think you are? And she kept on poking me, like, but like physically, like, I still have the scars. You have never shouted to the Lord. Don't sing that song anymore. And then something stir was stirred up in me. She drew it out of me. And I started screaming, first to please her. So I thought, let me just get it over with because I feel super embarrassed because there's a camera on my face like this. And, and there was like Don Potter and Rick Joyner and all these other people. And I just went like, okay, for crying out loud, like, excuse the pun. Um, I'll... I'll, I'll shout to the Lord, okay, so I'm like, okay, I'm going to just take a deep breath and just fake it till whatever, till, he's, till he stops poking me. This was before Facebook invented poking, so it was really bad. So I went like, the Lord just took my voice away, I couldn't scream, I couldn't fake it. And then everybody started laughing, but like ro rolling on the floor, on the stage, <laughs> like in the spirit. I was super embarrassed. And then a deep thing was stirred up inside of me. And a roar came out of me so loud and so long for the next hour. that I lost my voice for almost three days. And I just decided to play drums and get it over with. Um, but I, I had no voice. I, I was a scream. It was a shout to God. Yeah. And then all she did was uh, sit in the front row and nod at me going, Yeah, yeah, that's cool, that's cool. We need women in our lives. We need those mothers. We need those spiritual mothers that come and draw, are drawing the sounds out of us. So I was very blessed. I didn't grow up with spiritual weakness around me. But I not everybody is like that. So but if, can I encourage you to find someone? Find someone. Pray. Let the Lord identify. Don't grow up with spiritual weakness around you. Get somebody who, is, who makes you feel awkward. <laughs> the, the, because when it's up to you and me we only choose people who make us feel comfortable am I right? Yeah. so pray to God who will make you feel a little bit uncomfortable like a poking person like hey hey, hey I, I hear you singing about awake this and awake that but hey many a times I don't see you fully awake and fully alive 
We need people like that in our lives, I'm telling you. So this ushering in of new seasons comes from a Deborah anointing. Um, and the Bible says that the more we are afflicted, the more we will multiply. There is no blessing without the suffering. That's the bad news today. And um, I know this from first experience, first-hand experience as well. But um, we need, you know, you've got seed-giving seasons in, in, in churches and in the kingdom. And that's where the man is supposed to lead. In the spirit as well as in the natural there's a certain window, a time in your life, in your marriage. There's a seed-giving season. But then there's, a, then there's a birthing season that comes after that. And that's where the women need to stand up and not be complacent, complacent and apathetic. And in Isaiah 32, this is what was happening. And it was also happening after three judges not, doing their, not fulfilling their job, not fulfilling their mandate in Judges 5. And then God says, enough is enough. I need a woman who will resonate with me and shout that chorus with me. Enough is enough. So my question to you today, are there any such women amongst you that are willing to say enough is enough? I'm standing up. I'm praying. I'm going to activate. I'm going to arouse. To arouse, we have sexual connotations with that, but to arouse actually means to activate and to propel into motion. Get stuff done. When women get up, when Mika gets up in our household, I, I stand to attention. Gets, you know, if it was up to me, that certain things never get fixed in the house. When Mika starts standing up and speaking up, it's something of a miracle happens inside of me as a male. <laughs> Within the hour, things get done. There's a certain tone that comes out of my wife that I know. I just know. And that's just, just in the flesh. When she does that in the spirit, things, also, things get done. She activates me. I have a Deborah. I married a Deborah. So for you young men who are on the lookout, marry a force, not a package. Um, glad I'm speaking to somebody today. Because you know what? Virtu a virtuous woman like Deborah, virtuous doesn't, it's not, the connotation is not into moral. We make it all, the biblical Hebrew meaning means it's a force. It's it's uh, uh, resources. It's a strength of an army. That's what it means. That's a virtuous woman. When Mika speaks up in the spirit, it's like the strength of an army. I go, yes, ma'am. And I'm off and I'm doing it. So don't marry a package. Marry that force. Look for a Deborah. Because that is why marriages fall apart. If my woman stops speaking up, if my woman stops getting up, I'm in so much trouble as a man. I'm, I'm the first one to, to confess that. Don't abuse my confession here today. But it's, um, and when I, you know, when you got a midlife crisis, when I would get into a midlife crisis, I know she will pray me through it. Because it's a force. If not, it will fall apart. I needed Deborah to stand up. God has called me into my life. And that's how family works. When your kids are on drugs, you need a woman to pray it through. You need a woman to intercede. You need a woman to take ground and to stand tall. You need a woman to activate the men to do something about it, practically maybe. But we need women to be, to be those gatekeepers in our lives. 
And even if she doesn't agree with me, which sometimes happens, um, I think. But then my woman knows she can go to God to change me. She knows she cannot change me, but she, she knows to find our God, and she will tell me. And so, I don't, we, just, we, we don't just have women and moms in our, in our lives to bring forth a child. We have them in our lives to bring forth a move of God. That's the story of the Bible, and I don't have time to unpack all these stories. All these women brought about a move of God. All of them did. So the question is to you women today, are you virtuous like that? Are you a force to be reckoned with? Stand up and stand tall. Be like the Lion of Judah, the song talks about standing and standing tall. Or are you the woman that cannot lay hands on herself? But you always need other people to lay hands on you. And then for the men amongst you, if you find her, can you afford her? Because it's not money. Virtuous. A virtuous woman cannot be bought. You can only get her if you are able to impress God. Proverbs 18.21 tells me that. If I'm able to impress God, I become so attractive, she cannot else but come into my life. You see, because we, we came naked into this world, but with a gift. But, uh, you know, we came into this world unlearned, unlearned, nothing. You know, God gives us a gift. But only God will give me responsibility if I steward that gift really well. And then I become, all of a sudden there's an attraction to that. And that's why we can't be jealous of other people's gifts. Because I, I can kill the person even, but I can never kill that gift. That gift will still not come to me. And the gift is related to the needs. Look, your gift needs to mean something. In order to mean something, God gives you a need. He creates a need. We, talk, we, 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 we sing, sung about it. All who are thirsty, when you're hungry, when you have a need for God, or you have a need to see a better world, you have a need to see your children healthy, if you have a need for great education, if you have a need that God has given you, that's why you have a gift. When you connect the gift to the need, when the gift is hooked up with your need, it becomes your calling. See, if you don't have a need, starting with the bottom line need to need God and to be hungry and to be thirsty for him and for the advancement of his kingdom, you will never find your calling. A lot of young people come to me also at the university where I teach like to figure out their calling. But you cannot figure out your calling if you haven't figured out your need what is the need that God has given you? Because that's why you have a gift. You multiply it with the need. You hook up with the need. You make a marriage between your gift and your need. And there's the definition of your calling. You will never be confused for the rest of your life. I figured it out when I was 30, a little bit later than most of you are here today. But it doesn't matter. I figured it out. I know people who are 70 and still haven't figured it out. And there's forever nervousness and anxiety and all kinds of Mental issues, if you haven't figured out what you're supposed to be on this earth, you're not going to be happy chappy. So, the village life stopped, verse 7. So that means the men left their posts. 
So families and communities and nations fall apart when men leave their posts. And the women need to rise up to make sure that I take my post. If she never speaks up in my household, nothing will get done. And this goes for the house household as well as for the household of the Lord, the household of a nation. Don't put your trust in the things of politics. That's just representation of the people. You are the people. Those are just representatives. You want to be anointed and appointed for the purposes of God in your life. Not for the paycheck or the car or the career. That's all nonsense. That's not where the anointing needs to go to. So we don't need dead men walking. We need women to rise up, to stimulate, to activate. That's the, that's the Deborah anointing that I'm talking about today. Mothers who fill up their car on the way to church because they load up people from that kind of rising up and gatherers, nurturers. Just lastly, Deborah means bee. Like in bzzz, like she will sting you <laughs> if you attack her in the wrong way. She will. And the queen bee is the only one in the hive who has fertility. And the main responsibility is to build the home, to nurture and to feed. The cool thing about a queen bee is, in the kingdom of God, is she starts activating and arousing everybody around her. She is the, 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 the church comes alive when the queen bees in this house start doing that. Because the men bring in the food. But the queen bee, the woman gets up and starts vibrating. And starts flapping wings. And, and changing the spiritual atmosphere. That's why we see with, all, with, the, with this prophetess, but we also see it in the prophetess Anna, who was the first one after the uh, birth of Jesus who, who prophesied and, and who spoke up about it. Um, we, we see it with Sarah. We see it with all the women in the Bible. Um, so the changing of the atmosphere. And the more food there is, the more the men bring to the table, in the, the spiritual table in the house of the Lord, the more she gets aggressive about the vibrations, the more she starts vibrating. So not just singing along with presentations in, on a screen. That's, that's a whole different thing. It's a whole, I'm speaking about a whole different thing. To, I'm not speaking about how to do church.com. I'm, I'm speaking about how to build the kingdom through the local church. And those, the unique thing is she has a unique dance. Every woman has a unique dance and they have a unique song. And it be, when, it, when it becomes, when there's lots of spiritual food, when there's lots of food in the hive, the queen bee actually starts to dance so aggressively that she cannot help herself and it becomes a figure eight. I will not demonstrate that. Um, I will, I will, I'll, I, you will have to carry me out of here to a healing ministry or lay hands on myself. But it's a figure eight. Like that. It gets, it gets crazy. We need some godly crazy women. To change the atmosphere, man. We really do. I've been in revival in those churches and those ministries. That's what happens. I've seen the figure eight dances. And then you know, God, God, then you know it's a new season. There's a Deborah that are standing up. I'm not saying if you, there's nothing special about a figure eight. But, you know, just between me and you, it is quite interesting that a figure eight, of course, is a symbol of eternity. And a bee does that. And, oh, that's a coincidence. And that Deborah 
that person that has changed the atmosphere, delivers an entire nation, and preserves the whole lineage of Jesus, starting all the way from the book of Judges into, into the four Gospels, that that name means be, as if God knew. Of course he did. This is, this is fantastic to know these things. So figure eight, whether you skate it or dance it, those vibrations. And even Elijah, when he went up, does anybody know when he went up, how did he, how did he go up when he died? He was spinning like a whirlwind. And this is the other translation of the word virtuous. A virtuous woman, the word virtuous also means to dance, to whirl, to spin. So virtuous women are a force and they are spinning. They are whirling, if that's a word, I think so. They're dancing. It's like a, they are dancing for God. They're changing the atmosphere with so much activity in the hive slash church that all the men go like, Oh, okay, I see it. I'll go and get the food. It's fine. I'll go to the supermarket. I go, and there it is. Please, don't. Because it's, get, it's getting aggressive. It becomes figure eights. And it's, and it's like, and my wife does this in the natural sometimes even, almost. Where I know, where I know I better go and get the food. But it's, in the spirit, it's the same. When she speaks up prophetically, when your, when your Deborah speaks up prophetically, as a man, I stand, all of a sudden, I'm back at my post. I'm like, I'm so sorry I wasn't at my post. I'm just in the back going, hallelujah. <laughs> That's why when I play drums in women conferences, I go berserk. Like after the first session, I'm like, I, I become like a woman. I start spinning and do figure eight on a drum kit. And I give big drum solos. And, and most of the time when we do a men's conference, all I do is like, <laughs> It's different. And we need them both. We need the military. We need the men to go in front and protect the women in the spiritual realm. We need them to take the lead. We need them to help build the house. But make no mistake, when the women are complacent, God has a problem with that. It's clearly outlined in the scriptures. So can I pray for your figure eights? When Elijah went up, he went up spinning like a whirlwind. He went up like a virtuous person. It's genderless in the spirit, not fluid. It's genderless, men and women. But the women take initiative. You need to read the signs. When the women stand up, it's a sign of God that the seasons are changing. It's a new season here at Hedfield Christian Church because the women are standing up one by one. I've seen it this year. And when I encourage you women to take us men to make sure you activate us, help us to stand guard, stand at our post, and spin and dance and sing the songs of activation in the spiritual realm. Because the anointing of a matriarch is the activation of the anointing of a patriarch. And together, we will be able to usher in the new season that God has for us. And then put God's glory on display. I'm telling you, when I start seeing those figure eights, it's a sign. I, God is not only in the house. I better get my act together as a man. And so... Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> and I hope you will, you will be activated. Father, I pray for every woman, for every man in this house tonight. For a Deborah anointing for the women. And for a territory-taking anointing for the men. I pray for every male that seeks a woman, a wombed man, 
to look for a Deborah, not for the apathetic um, yes nodding type of woman that will do whatever you say, but will do what God says. The God-fearing woman of our nation. Because men by themselves get nothing done. We need, you, you created men and women for this very purpose, not God. And at the same time, in the spiritual realm, there's no such thing as division by gender, division by culture, division by race. There's no division in the spiritual realm. So for all of us sitting here tonight, Father, I pray that you would create a greater need for us to connect to you. So that the greater gifts can grow in our lives. So that the greater purposes of God can be fulfilled in our lives. So that the greater callings can be defined. So we are not a confused people anymore. Praying about our calling. Rather pray about our needs in Christ Jesus. And, help the, and ask the Holy Spirit right now to stir up the hunger and the thirst. Like we've sung about. But actually... Sing it and do it like Deborah sang. The song of Deborah has become world famous. And, he, and she sang it together with her man, together with her leader, the prophet and the leader, the activator and the activist, together, taking ground, totally protected in prayer and intercession, and knowing that there's power and agreement. Two or more agree, I'm in the midst. So, Father, we, we pray for that empowerment and for that activation, Father God, so that we start flapping our wings. We start changing the atmosphere by our body language. That When people look at us, there's no interpretation of complacency or apathy. They see that we are fully alive in Christ Jesus because he is the one who said, I came to give you life in abundance. Lord, we want to see that abundance play out in our marriages, play out in our businesses, play out in our nation. An abundance of love, an abundance of forgiveness, an abundance of representation of Christ Jesus in the nation. So that our streets become safe once again. And we will not be like Israel in the book of Judges where we don't dare to cross the street. Or, but we, we just, out of fear, we, we stay away from the streets and we stay in our own comfort zones. I pray for that, Father, in the name of Jesus. You are the one who can change all these things, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Have a great week. Looking forward to, forward to Father's Day. See what, see what figures we can skate. Because <laughs> there's more. Watch this space. <laughs>